We're starting with the nomination. Wow. I didn't think we'd go there. Everybody, uh, before we get to anything else, I just want to say that my co-host, Joel Kim Booster, the Joel Kim Booster, was nominated for the Asian American Podcasters Association Awards for the the Golden Crane. Congratulations. And I... Yeah. Oh my God! The soundboard and it was sort of appropriate. We're really getting into the groove of things here at Urgent Care. Yes. I want to say that I share this nomination with my co-host, even though she is, as she said before we started recording, the wrong kind of Asian. Um, I am Swana, so I, I do not make the cut for the Asian American <laughs> Podcast Award. It is funny that they they specifically it is a two person podcast, but they said I'm I got nominated. And right. you are mentioned nowhere. No, no. But that's what I, I really am happy for you. Thank you. I'm very excited. I'm still sort of reeling from the news we just found out before we came on air. So it is pretty tough. So now that you know that one of us at least is in an award-winning, award-nominated podcast. Yeah, nominated, host. to be fair. Nominated. Yeah, yeah. Let's, not, let's, not, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. I don't know who I'm up against. Do you know, Chelsea, do you know who I'm up against? No idea. Oh, damn. Um, Okay, well, I bet it's some of the big ones, you know. Um, You know, the big Asian podcasters. Of course. Yeah. And we won't waste everyone. I won't waste time. Yeah, yeah. We've already belabored the point way too much. This is urgent care. We celebrate Joel. Thank you. Our chefs, please write in if you want chefs, to congratulate Joel. <laughs> thank you. Um, we, um, if you're just tuning in for the very first time, we here at Urgent Care are an advice podcast, which is, you know, sometimes people have problems in their lives. Let's go back to the beginning. Sometimes people have problems. Let's go back, back to, back the, to the beginning, beginning. Back, to back to when the earth, the sun, the stars all align. So what do you think? Pretty good, pretty good. And um, once worthy of a golden crane. (laughs) I hope this. I hope they submit this episode. I hope they submit this episode. Fresh off the heels of getting of being named one of Vulture's top ten podcasts of the year. By the way, this is the last episode that's coming out in 2020, and I want to say the episode where Mitra and I, uh, our bit was that we were on Vulture's top um, worst. Uh, podcast of, of the, the century. <laughs> um, we that that was recorded before we found out that Vulture very kindly listed us as one of the best podcasts of the year. So we were not making fun of them when we, we said were not. That. But um, we are now. Fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> JK, thank you, Brianna Wellen, if you're listening. Yeah, but, um, this <laughs> Brianna, is off to a good start. So, um, um, also, um, I'm Mitra Jahari. That's Joel Kim Booster. Oh my god, <laughs> um, we didn't Joel Kim Booster on the keys. You, you threw things into chaos immediately with congratulating me, and now I'm, I've got the pressure of the golden cranes looking down my back, breathing down my fucking back. Okay? I know. And I have it's an awards because, like, campaign I, to run now, Mitri. You can't just be throwing things out willy-nilly at me. You have to well, be a good podcasting partner because even though you weren't nominated, it is still <laughs> something that you have control over a little bit. 
Yeah, I know. And I want us to both be losers. It feels, <laughs> no, yeah, it feels like you're trying to sabotage me because you're jealous that you weren't nominated for a Golden of Crane. Of course I'm jealous I'm not nominated for a Golden Crane. <laughs> 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 um anyways we are an award show podcast um where we talk about <laughs> what awards joel is nominated for <laughs> i no, react <laughs> we're an advice podcast we're an advice podcast we help people sure <laughs> um we do our absolute best and mitra how would you say that is um this week was awesome my job ended um and that was bittersweet i like the she, people got fired. i got fired <laughs> no if i got fired you would not be hearing from me <laughs> i would be deep into some kind of spiral i've been um, fired so many times and it is humiliating every single time and it is damaging and bad i don't think i've been fired but yeah, of course not um <laughs> um but I guess just anyone can get a Golden Crane nomination, even people who've been fired. <laughs> even people who were fired from the Dippin' Dots stand in the mall because <gasps> I didn't do enough on my downtime. What? I know. That's crazy. Uh, but I love Dippin' Dots. Chocolate Dippin' Dots and cookies and cream Dippin' Dots, I will still it is buy. the ice cream of the future, baby. And did you see that Dippin' Dots might help with the vaccination effort? Wait, what? Because D- Dippin' Dots has a special kind of freezer to keep the dots frozen that they're now going to be using to transport vaccines. <laughs> As if I needed more reasons to stand Dippin' Dots. <laughs> Ice cream of King's Island. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are other ice creams there, but that was my King's Island experience. I still, um, I'll, if I'm at the gas station and I'm stoned enough, I'll pick up some Dippin' Dots. Me too. I, anytime, I always scope out to see if there's a Dippin' Dots cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I love Dippin' Dots. That I'm is sorry, so I cool. I interrupted you. Your job ended and you... My job ended. I've... I've done a good job relaxing the past few days. Um, I made, I baked a really, I've never baked anything from scratch. I cook a lot, but I've never baked anything from scratch. And um, I made an, a, a honestly really good olive oil cake last night. And okay. I was so proud. Because um, I was really like, I I know that it's just like, kind of following instructions but i i've just not done it so i'm prepared for this to be disgusting so when it came out good i oh i yeah wow I, we it's stand, awesome we stand we stand you and your baking skills <laughs> so right before this the reason i was two minutes late was because i was baking a chocolate cake for the first time and i um miscalculated how long it would take <laughs> <laughs> how's it going um, I think it looked good. I, I like took it out of the oven and then like ran up the stairs. So who knows? But, um, it, it had better be good or else I'll never fucking do it again. <laughs> Where, um, I, I th- that's the problem with living alone is I would love to bake, but what the fuck am I supposed to do with an entire cake? I mean, you could bring it to people that, you know, and like that's leave a- it on their doorstep. That's what I was thinking about doing. Okay. Well, leave so that, me some cake on my doorstep. I would love to. If I, I right now I'm like so insecure. So I like last night I like my friend's favorite cake is olive oil cake. So I brought her some and um, but I like tasted a little. I cut out a little sliver because I was like, I want to bring it to her. It's d- disgusting. <laughs> so every cake I deliver to friends will have like a tiny little bit um cut out of it. So that's my that'll that. be my I trademark. That. Thank you. Um, I would like an ice cream cake. I, I would will like not a, do I that. would like a 10 to 10 <laughs> ice cream cake, please. 
that is Double something layered. I can I can confidently say I will never be able to do. Um, <laughs> Homemade ice cream based Actually, on based ooh, on make me a Bake Dippin' Off. Dots cake. Make I, me okay. an ice cream cake with Dippin' Dots on top. Okay, you, that will have to be. I I will I would love to do that for you. That will have to be when we're allowed to be together because there's <laughs> no way that is traveling. <laughs> <laughs> But I would love to do that for you. <laughs> okay. okay. Maybe. Um, um, and what an appropriate way to celebrate the vaccine than by you, uh, by making a Dippin' Dots you cake. You coming inside my house and us sharing a Dippin' Dots cake. Oh, <laughs> that. I could cry thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm crying right now. Tears streaming down my fucking face. Um, oh, and we we uh, we alluded to this uh, like months ago when we filmed it, but the Katy Perry video came out. And oh my god, very... I'm so glad. It is so. It was so hard not to be able to talk about it, and it sucks because it's been out for about a week now. That that now that the the chefs not... are listening oh, to yes. it because of the way we our recording schedule. And you're a fucking star. You are the music video. You like literally are. You are in it like decidedly more than Katy Perry. Um, Like it is you and Matt Rogers. It is the you and Matt Rogers show. You look incredible. Um, I think you should do that makeup every day. I I felt gorgeous. I've never been contoured before. So my first experience (laughs) getting contouring was while I was blue. But I was like, I look stunning. I get the whole day. I was like, I look amazing. I I want to look like this all the time. Like the blue, if if being blue is what it takes for me to get a contour, then like <laughs> I will do it. I look I look gaunt in the right places. Like I look I was so uh I felt really good. Um and it was the best. <laughs> I think in a really amazing piece of content you could put out is you doing a makeup tutorial, a YouTube makeup tutorial. <laughs> and like earnestly trying. Earnestly trying to do it. <laughs> I, I, I am like to see that. laughably bad. I have like no instinct about how things should go. And I, I actually, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I think the people would, um, they're salivating right now. Just I think it, it. I, it would be really boring, but it, it would be amazing to see like how bad I would look. You at cut it though. You just like do time jumps. You just cut in the funniest the and most you know, horrendous parts. And yeah. Then the okay. Prod, the I'll do it. Product. I'll definitely yeah. do it. Um, and Matt Rogers was the best person to have that experience with because I he, imagine he just like, him. I think we're, we're just so on the same page. We like pop culture and everything. And both like, it, it was so nice to be with someone who wasn't like, isn't it so dumb that we're doing this? It's like, mm-hmm. I wanted to, that, that experience has to be shared with someone who's like, isn't this so fucking cool? <laughs> And it was. <laughs> it, it, it truly is. And did you did you get to interact with Zoe very much? Yeah. Wow. Because all of our a lot of our stuff was with her, and she was really nice. <laughs> best friends with Zoe Deschanel. Wow. We have a close, close personal. Oh my friends god, she's gonna guest host when I'm gone. When I'm gone, she's gonna guest host. Mitra and Zoe Deschanel. Oh my god, that I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about it now that it's out? Do you like and seeing it? I'm so happy. My dream, dream of dreams is to be in a music video. Yeah. So it, it like, it's so cool. And, and also so... like, like my family, like, like something that like really read, like my dad, like him wa- watching, he was like, you are immortalized. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally, you've had a television show on air. <laughs> doesn't care. Doesn't. Care. I mean, not to say it doesn't care, but I would say d- that did not um, quite Didn't have hit. the impact. Yeah. <laughs> 
but that like he said he said more to me about this video than he has said about anything that I have created and poured my fucking heart and soul into. <laughs> but I the minute I turn blue and I'm in a Katy Perry video, <laughs> it is so perfect. I mean, it, the confluence of of all these things. It's a music video. It's a Katy Perry music video. You're playing an alien that abducts Zoe Deschanel in a Katy Perry music video. It's almost too many moves. It's like almost like it's like if you were writing it, I would like my note would be like maybe take Remove one of these one things. Thing, yeah. yeah, like this is, seems <laughs> yes. like a lot. Everything about it, it, it's it all combines in this soup that is just so dumb and like so it's just so happy. <laughs> But yeah, that's been a real highlight for me. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. How was your week? Um, it was good. Um, my stomach hurts again today. What I the hell? If... Is it like stress or what? Maybe it's the podcast. Honestly, maybe it's the podcast. Maybe <laughs> that would make me so sad. Anyway. Because no. because it's like because you're so nervous about the golden crane. <laughs> <laughs> Butterflies in my stomach. I don't want to make a speech. Oh my god. <laughs> No matter what, you will be doing a speech on this podcast. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Even if it's a concession speech, which famously people do when they lose awards. Is they, you, they have no to matter speech. what, you will write. You need to write it. I'm, yeah. oh, <laughs> I demand this. I, I Thank God. I've been looking for a writing exercise. And this <laughs> is the perfect opportunity. Um, okay, I've been the big day. I'll just so you know, the big day is on December 29th. So okay, you have until then... I'm, I just checked the email. So you have one week to write your speech. Oh, so when we're, oh my God, I wonder, oh my God. we'll this, find out live. This episode is coming out the day of the golden <gasps> Oh my um, God. Crane. Wow. So Maybe you should record should it insert... on your phone. And yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll figure out the mechanics, but you we'll do need to have a speech for the end of the episode for whatever event happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, people will, Sorry to give you homework, but. <laughs> people are, cl- people are just like. They're, they can't contain themselves. They're so excited. Okay, I think this is so funny and you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what the chefs think. This needs and to And I'll happen. be crying. I'll be crying the whole time. <laughs> um, watch me um, actually cry because that's sort of the year that I'm having is winning a Golden Crane could turn it all around. Uh, Good. It should. It's an award. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> um, uh, my week is fine. Um, I've gotten really into crosswords. I'm Whoa. now, I'm like, I'm old now because I'm sitting on my couch doing crosswords and I can't sleep through the night because I have to pee. Um, and that's <laughs> what you have to look forward to. Okay. Everyone listening, all you 20 somethings out there, celebrate your bodies now because pretty soon all you'll be able to do is sleep four hours before it wakes you up and says, time to pee. No, it already happens to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it, but it's piss and shit. So wow. <laughs> it's all a nightmare. A, a for midnight me. shit. That is special. That I had that happened to me for the first time like two weeks ago, and it was so upsetting to me. I, I've that's never ha- I've never had that, and I woke I, up. I've never heard of that. Well, I, I don't know what your eating schedule must be like to. It was complete. It was so normal. I can't stress enough. Like I do some truly horrible things to my body, but this this period of a couple weeks has been pretty fine and something something happened <laughs> i i really i went through everything like ingredient by ingredient with wit and was like i the scientists are, are still on the case we're never gonna know that we're not gonna get to the bottom of it <laughs> well um i can't wait to keep you posted you ha- i have the golden crane you have your midnight shits we both have things going on in our lives sort of keeping us afloat sort of keeping our eyes on the prize so 
That's pretty exciting. Um, let's move on. We got some updates to get through before mm-hmm. we jump in today. Um, Chelsea, let's play this first. This is a second opinion. This is a this is a second opinion for Doctor Do Doctor Do Better Help, um, who was the she worked at a, a, a medical office, and one of the administrative people there was very rude to her, and she wanted to know what to do about that. Hi, urgent care friends. Uh, I'm calling in response to Dr. Do Better Help. <laughs> um, sorry. No, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, I should have really rehearsed this voicemail before. But um, and anyone who is looking to uh, get someone to like them, um, this is a trick that I use in my personal life, and I find that it helps a lot. It Basically, you just ask the person that you want to like you advice so it can be about anything like what do I get for lunch or like what do I get this person for a gift it immediately signals to them that their opinion is important to you and that they're an influential person so basically that's how you get someone to like you thanks bye well, wow. sort of setting up the entire premise of the podcast is everyone calling in is just obsessed with us and wants us to like and, them. And we basically. do like them. I yeah. like anyone who calls in. I love this advice. I do and, too. And, and I firmly believe we would never have gotten there. <laughs> never have gotten there. And I think especially for the caller, just remembering the details of this call and sort of what you know, what the kind of relationship that they have. It sounds like there was an age gap there too. And mm-hmm. I think that's especially effective when you're trying to get someone older than you to like you is and, to come to them as sort of you are an elder and I look up to you and I need to know what to do about this. Totally. And I think like you might actually end up getting some great advice and like yeah. learn something about this person that um, you didn't previously know. So maybe, maybe go into that with an open mind and it might, you might also come out of that. Uh, with a relationship with this person, which would be an added bonus. But at the very least, maybe um, you'll manipulate them into liking you a little more. (laughs) So good job on the second opinion advice that Mitra and I would have never, never even come into our little noggins. No. Um, And that's why we appreciate your second opinions. Now, let's move on to this next thing. And let's get into this. This this one's kind of interesting because, you know, it's kind of a trend is that. um, Let's go. Like, why don't you start? So you guys might remember that there was sort of this amazing moment um, last episode where or two episodes ago uh, that it ended up being Fruit of the Groom, which I think we can all agree rocks. (laughs) But (laughs) prior to that, the idea was Haynes. I don't know. Haynes something. Haynes go away. Some horrible thing. Something amazing. It came from Haynes his way is what I was kind of vaguely remembering is that there was something that was like Haynes his way, Haynes her way. And And I want to point out that you Googled it as well. Let's be clear here that you did Google it. But I Googled the phrase like, yes, I, I, but, but Burger King came up and that, I don't know how that happened. (laughs) So it's not my fault that Burger King came up. I, I, I'll take responsibility that I Googled it. And it did the right thing didn't come up, but I don't know why Burger King came up <laughs> because it did. <laughs> but more importantly, Joel, I would like to say really quickly off the top that I didn't appreciate the tone of a lot of the emails <laughs> that came in about this. Okay. 
There's a lot of rudeness sort of laced yeah. in between. There's a lot of there were a couple of DMs in my inbox that were actually really horrific. Um, really? To me. Yeah, there was two DMs that were like we we, we only listen for Mitra. Um, you you people need to not say stuff like that. We do not want to know and it's mean. Yeah. And don't and don't call in. Like there's been calls that are like this is for specifically for Joel. Like again, I know that I'm the one nominated for the award, but the podcast <laughs> is is hosted by both of us. We will not answer questions that are quote unquote for a specific person on the podcast. It's just weird and we don't like reading it. But I'll say you guys really raked me over the coals for this. <laughs> and? this We got more emails about this than we did when I said people should throw out their mail. And that that's saying something. But moral of the story, Haynes Her Way is a is real a thing. thing. Is a I thing. am vindicated. It's real. I am vindicated. I am selfish. I am wrong. I am right. I swear I'm right. Swear I do it all. Remember that? <laughs> swear I knew it all along. <laughs> Dash or confessional. <laughs> vindicated. No, and see, now I, I can't selfish. even say. I, I can't wrong. even say. I can't even say. I don't remember something you're referencing. Otherwise, I will be accused of gaslighting you because no, I don't remember. No, shit. but you didn't say you didn't remember. You said it didn't exist, and that is the difference. <laughs> With Haynes her way, you said it did not exist. It's. I said it sounds like something you're making up, and that it was real. So, and then Google backed me up and said it was Burger King, and said it was Burger King. So, if you had Googled it and you said Joel it existed, I would have said, okay, I believe you. I believe women, and I believe that Haynes her way exists. But the listeners believed past the point of the no. Burger the listeners King just had an innate knowledge. They they knew. Okay. And they weren't gaslit out of their own no, memory. Stop saying that. <laughs> this is the problem. Thank you. Thank you to the culture. Thank you to the tw- from 2016 on. This term has been abused, misused. Okay. Flagrantly. But, but I will say when I say something and then you say that it doesn't exist, I, I believe it. I, tr- I trust <laughs> you so much. <laughs> Because this has happened like 10 times on the podcast. Yeah. And how many times do you think it was just something I didn't know about? What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I, I was right, but the listeners were mean. And that is the moral of the story. From me? Yeah. (laughs) No. Yeah. I would like an apology from you. For what? You need to tell me what I'm apologizing for. For the tone of the emails that we got. No, because I do not condone that. <laughs> um, I'm sorry if you felt bad. Wow. Wow. Okay, um, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'll never again question anything you say, Mitra. That, would, that is, is actually nightmarish. Yeah. No, from here on out, everything you say is the gospel truth to me. Okay. Anyways. And immediately the song from Hercules came into my head. I'm really like, the songs are top of mind today for me. <laughs> well, after, I got to say, after producer Marina added in the underscoring, she's really pushing us to sing more. Oh, that when was she so She added the music good. to Thank You Next last week, and we listened to that for the first time. I, I almost, I, I was working out, and I almost dro- dropped a weight on my face. I was so I, excited. I do, it was hard because it did show me how, like, atonal my singing is. <laughs> and, like, I, I, sometimes, I like, the hubris of me is that, like, I sometimes, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm kidding, but, like, I'm good. And then I heard it and I was like, I'm not. No, Mitra, <laughs> I've heard you sing for real at the duplex in New York and you can sing. I remember. Thank Didn't you. you. What did you sing? Like, Chicago? <laughs> Something? 
I have some no idea. I, 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 I real, I, I'm sure I sang something psycho, but I was blackout. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I remember, th- I remember thinking, huh? Well, she's got, she's got the pipes. <laughs> hey, I wish I, re- I wish I remembered. <laughs> the only I thing it, I remember is feeling embarrassed later. <laughs> yeah, that might have actually been the day after Trump was elected. So that might be why you don't remember. That actually, I do think that's true. I think it was or like very close after. And I yeah. remember being there very late and being like, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that note, we're going to we take do our the first podcast? break. Yeah, we're going to do the podcast. We're like half an hour in already. Haven't answered a single question yet. Um, just screamed at each other. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to breeze through these questions. Okay. We're going to breeze through them. Okay. Just you wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. (laughs) And we're back. Wow. (laughs) Another perfect break. Another perfect break. Um, Mitra and I are so excited to be here and host the Golden Crane um, <laughs> listenership that may or may not be listening right now. Um, I just want to say that I respect everything you guys are doing um, in the Golden Cranes and have been a big fan for a long time. So thank you for your support. Mitra? Let's play the first um, voicemail. <laughs> But I also love the Golden Crane. Hi, Joel and Mitra. Mitra and Joel. Um, so I'll try to make this brief, but it might be a little bit long. Um, I've been with my boyfriend for a while now, and he has a really tight group of long-term friends. Just by, like, virtue of going to concerts and having dinners and things, I've gotten to know the girlfriends of his friends. And um, one of the particular I got really close with, we started hanging out more during the pandemic, and... Um, we just bonded because we had the same job and whatever. Um, and over time, I guess she became really comfortable with me. She started to trust me more because one day she dropped a bomb that she was having a long-term affair with one of her coworkers. And I guess she expected me to be supportive or think it was really funny, but I was just like, um, what the fuck girl? Um, so anyway, uh, this woman literally bragged to me about her affair. She's been cheating on him all through their engagement and now their marriage. And after learning that she was cheating on him, I felt super uncomfortable hanging out with her. I started to kind of distance myself from her more and more. And the rest of the friend group has noticed and now sees me as this hateful bitch who's bullying the cheater. And they just don't know about the affair, like this essential piece of information. So I don't really have any proof of the affair besides the details that she told me. Um, I do know the guy's name and I know his Instagram. Um, And eventually I told my boyfriend because it was just like this huge secret I was holding on to. And we're at a loss about how we should handle this situation without creating a ton of drama. Um, I think the cuck deserves to know what happened or what's happening. And um, but ultimately it's her word against mine. So why should he believe me? yeah please help i'm super confused thank you i love you both and you can both sit on my face (laughs) yes Um, i want to point out really quickly that if you notice that this person sound different it's because they send a voice memo attached to an email and while we liked this voice memo please don't do that um because it takes away our ability to read transcripts which helps us speedily choose (laughs) calls um 
So but they did, sound, they did sound amazing. They did um, sound fucking and we will, incredible. We will and give them that. I guess if you do that, you better hope that the first 20 seconds really grabs us because we're not listening to all your voicemails, babes. No. No. We don't have the time. We just don't. So um, what, if, what okay. are we going to name this gal? Okay. Um, An informant. A narc. Madam in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Madam in the middle. <laughs> Madam in the middle. Okay. <laughs> Madam in the middle. Oof. Um <laughs> Frankie Munez um, <laughs> action here. We love that. Um, what do you think? What do you think about this situation? I have pretty strong opinions about this, I think, but I, I might be wrong. So my opinion, since this is like an ongoing thing that is ruining this of uh, this, the our callers standing in the friend group and is having negative ramifications on our listen, our callers' life. I would say. I mean, I don't know. I've I've not been in a situation like this before, but I, I do feel like um, I could see myself being like, you need to say something because it's fucking up my life. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to say something to your partner um, or I will. Wow. Ruthless. Yeah, but it's like, I, I don't know what else there is like it. Uh, it it's an ongoing thing it, or, you know, I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, let me roll up my sleeves right now and get into it because I want to say that I think she should make up something else, something more manageable, a lie about what this woman has done to her um, specifically. Make it personal. She stole something from me. I, I'd say like, yeah, making up a web of lies to where the point to the point where she is forced to confess what actually happened um <laughs> because i don't i i'm i'm very anti like narking in general i just don't i it makes I me uncomfortable this situation like... is different this situation is much different um and i see where you're coming from but i think um it's so difficult and messy to get embroiled in that kind of relationship drama that it would be but better to but they already set... are yeah so set the bombs make up a, another lie say she stole your credit card <laughs> and that's why you have beef with her. And then the friend group, it'll get around and then they'll, you know, and then she'll have a decision to make where she'll either have to come clean or escalate. Either yeah. way. Pretty it's fun. so bad. And it's so messy no matter what. I think the thing that like really creeped me out was just like the casual way that this person was like, isn't this so funny? Knowing that she is like yeah. trapping our caller in a really unfortunate situation where she like has this very damaging knowledge and relationships with like every person involved it sounds like so I don't know I think it's really unfair and I think you have like done your share of labor keeping this secret for as long as you have and I also totally get this person telling the boyfriend like it's it of course I, I I'm I'm sure there was like a certain amount of guilt of like even telling her boyfriend what happened uh like our caller's boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that like it's not fair for your friend to trap you with the secret. So, but it, but now you and your boyfriend are in this horrible position where you know about infidelity that is ongoing. Yeah, I I wonder if she's the only person who's told too. I wonder if there's other people in this friend group who actually know and who are going who are sort of having the same struggle. Because I wonder if maybe you sort of 
op- you, you test the waters there and you start telling other people in the friend group and sort of confiding and being like, what do I do about this? Mm-hmm. And you might you might learn something. You might learn that they all know and nobody and everyone's in the same boat. And then you have strength in numbers to go. You with could it. also you could also ask the the cheater be like, does anybody else know? Am I alone? Yeah. Um, and it, but yeah, cause it's like, if all of your mutual friends know, then you can just talk about it openly and like not feel as stuck or and, trapped and you or you have the reason allies being a bitch about this is because I don't think it's right. And if you guys do, then maybe reevaluate your friend group. Cause it's also like, there's a chance that this will come to light in the near future. And then you won't have to do, deal with any of this stuff. And you can just be like, that's why I was acting so weird. Awesome. Like now we're together, but it's also just so weird that like, they seem to be picking cheaters side already. And like, yeah. And, and assuming that like, I mean, there's a world where you're like, I don't feel comfortable saying why, but like, there is a reason why I am not hanging out with cheater anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they ask her why you're not hanging out with her anymore. Well, but I'm sure they already saying. have. I'm sh- I wonder I, I wonder what she's telling. What and the, yeah, it's like what the fuck is she saying then? Like, oh, I don't know, she's just a bitch, she doesn't talk to me anymore. Yeah. It's like I I just feel like I would I would at some point tell mutual friends. I've like, actually I've come full circle on this. I think she should tell the boyfriend. I think she should tell the cuck that She's being cheated on. I actually think to end it because as we were talking about the scenario where it comes out and then she finally says, oh, my God, I knew the whole time. That's why I was being a bitch. Wouldn't if I were (laughs) her friend, I'd be I would probably be like, why didn't you say something? You know, so I feel like ending it as quickly as possible is probably the best thing to do. And I think to your to the caller's point, like, why would he believe me? I I have this thing I have a sneaking suspicion that their relationship is not great and that Yeah, most things I mean especially with like a long ongoing thing. It's like you're it's clear it's not like a like this is like it's not an open relationship. This mm-hmm. is her cheating long term. So things are probably not great or it, I just I just think if it won't be as surprising as maybe you think it will be. Um, it's an S. We gave you a lot of options (laughs) (laughs) once again. Some good, some silly, some, um, earnest. And I got to say, none of them, none of them are comfortable. I just think about like which relationships you want to preserve kind of. It's like, I don't think you're going to come out of this with a friendship with this girl, um, the cheater girl. So I think like figure out the hierarchy of what you, if you want her boyfriend to be your friend, tell him. If you yeah. want your circle of friends, tell them. Like, and talk it over with your boyfriend. Yeah, too. and maybe, and maybe tell your boyfriend and be, be like, "Hey, babe, let's maybe hang out with my group of friends from now on." Because <laughs> <laughs> your group of friends seems like a real fucking mess. <laughs> yeah, maybe come out of this with no friends. I think <laughs> <is the> goal. <laughs> and then you won't have to deal with this shit anymore. Honestly, um, freeing. Okay. Yeah. Next right. call. New call. I think we solved it. I think so, too. (laughs) Hi, Joel and Mitra. Mitra and Joel, um, I am deeply sexually attracted to you both, but I am unfortunately gay. Um, My pronouns are he, him. And speaking of being gay, I broke up with my boyfriend in (laughs) mid-October because he was famously emotionally unavailable and afraid of commitment. And it took me five months to realize it. 
Um, and then following the breakup, I became deeply depressed and had to start antidepressants, which I'm super thankful for. And following the breakup for him, he went viral on TikTok and kind of like blew up on social media for being like very mediocre uh, and I guess funny to some slew of people. Um, so I don't know what to do because every time I see his shit um, pop up here and there, it kind of spirals me into uh, being chaotic. Um, I've thankfully blocked him on pretty much everything, but sometimes, you know, something sneaks through the cracks. And what's even more annoying is some of his content is, like, about me or about our breakup. Um, so I don't really know what to do to not be, like, a jaded, jealous ex, but I really just wish this would disappear, and I don't know what the solution is other than to push for him to be euthanized. Um, oh. I'll let you both sit on my face if you promise to snap my neck in the process. Okay, I love you both. Bye. This person <laughs> should be stabbed on a show. <laughs> yeah, you should make some viral videos. That's my advice to you, because you're funny. You're fucking funny. Speaking of being gay, I wrote with my boyfriend <laughs> iconic transition <laughs> okay what are we gonna name this gay wad um, <laughs> so he's gay gay breakup um sneaks hmm. through the cracks chaos <laughs> chaos gaijin <laughs> agent, agent of gaos agent of gaos agent of gaos agent of of chaos. Chaos. Gagent of chaos. Okay. I love it. I fucking love it. Let's full steam ahead. Um, <laughs> no questions asked. Let's go. So this is tough. This is tough because I think I I definitely more than you um, can definitely relate to the X in terms of sort of um, mining my own personal life for material and not really thinking about the ramifications that it would have on the people that are involved in it. Um, so that's tough. So what I do think you should do is become a stand-up comedian and start using that, your story as your material. I, I hate to create viral. a monster, but I do think you should do stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, um, I, I'm personally, like, in my own work, very hesitant to talk about um, people I've dated or, like, really anything true. So, but but I, I have in the past, um, and this is more, like, about your ex, but, like, I have in the past reached out to people to be like, I'm going to talk about this thing. Like, when I, when, I, when I talked about my, the guy I dated in high school who wrote the song about me called Medusa, I did reach out to him and ask for the lyrics and, like, <laughs> kind of get his blessing. And he thought it was funny. But I do think there's a world where you reach out and you're like, can you not do this? Like, I, or can you, um, like, can you, you can specifically talk about people you've dated, but can you refrain from like anything that will like potentially like really, really specifically be about me and or, <laughs> obviously hurt my feelings? My other thing is, is you could really piggyback off of it and post it and be like, because I doubt he's using names or identifiers. But if, if he's like uh, doing some TikTok video where it's like my ex-boyfriend says, you know, and then you can retweet it and be like, that's me. I am him. And there's some there's a there's a little bit of an empowerment in like taking back the anonymity from it, because mm -hmm. that is definitely like happened where like 
I'll have a joke about some guy who treated me poorly and they will be they'll be like, I saw your bit. And it does like it puts the fear of God in you a little bit. Um, I'm always on the side of righteousness, I think, in those in most of my bits. But I do think that one thing that you can do as well is really take a step back from social media. (laughs) If you cannot hide from this person. I I think if it makes you spin out so hard every time you need to fucking lay off the app like it. Which sucks. It's like I I I like TikTok as much as the next person, but like, if if this is such a minefield for you and that you're he is popping up that consistently and you are regularly spinning out, I don't know. Take a month off. Well, and here's the thing: ultimately, you won. You won because you broke up with him. And I know that the extenuating circumstances were that he was emotionally unavailable, and you probably were forced into breaking up with him because of that. But ultimately. Babe, you walked out of this situation the winner because you broke up with him and that automatically makes you better. The winner. You are the winner. That's you are true. the winner. And so take and solace in that. Also, he's still talking about you. You're so yeah. on his mind. So you win the breakup. But you extra win the breakup by um getting rid of TikTok for a month and not engaging with what he's putting out into the world until uh it doesn't ruin your day yeah and put the word out be like hey guys stop sharing this person's tiktok videos on your stories please at least to your close friends just be like and if you see somebody who is still following him and sharing his videos a lot mute them mute their ass yes you gotta mute and just or just unfollow whatever whatever you gotta do until you feel a little bit better is fine Godspeed. We love um, you. Play him this play honestly, clip out this podcast and and make this advice go viral. Your, your voice. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever consider making us viral on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lip sync the house down boots to this call. That's what you should do. Um, Gaging of Gaos, I hope this helped. Um, I'm sorry you're feeling bad, but you won. You won. All right, we got an email. Um, I'll read this one. Um, Mitra and Joel, hi, real quick. I am a straight 32-year-old mom of three. Wow, really throwing off the demographics here. Um, It's (laughs) exciting for me to shatter all the listener demographic expectations. My pronouns are she, her. I'd love to get some suggestions on how to manage a weird family dynamic. First, you need to know that my 30-year-old brother has trouble keeping a job, doesn't take care of himself, and doesn't take care of his possessions. He is no friends and doesn't date. He doesn't have mental health diagnosis that would keep him from being able to take care of himself, but who knows? He's your classic alt-right, Reddit-loving, gun-hoarding gamer weirdo, too. The weird dynamic is that my parents do everything for him. They made him a resume and apply for jobs on his behalf. They co-signed on a loan so he could buy a house even though he is unemployed, and they gave him a car that they wash and service. My brother even has a degree that my dad did most of the homework for. Hilariously, my parents also tried to coach him to pass a lie detector test so that he could lie about his drug use and get a job in law enforcement. My relationship with my parents is nothing like this. We live completely independently across the country, and our relationship really just revolves around them being great grandparents to my kids. So my question is about what, if any, role should I have in trying to get my parents to let my brother deal with his shit? I've asked them what they think about him getting fail uh, about letting him fail here and there but the codependency is high and the interest in therapy is non-existent it's very hard to watch this dynamic and my brother's future is so fucked open to any ideas from the practical to the deranged truly so much love to you both you've been great companions to me during this awful year 
Wow. Wow. Yikes. First of all, thank you. And yeah, congratulations on being the first straight woman ever to listen to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Get ready for some discoveries about yourself and your sexuality late in life because <laughs> there's just no way. There's um, just no way. There's just no way. Um, what are we naming this person? Um, big sis. Um, um, okay. A codependent little brother. Um, she's a mom too. Sister mom. Great. <laughs> okay, listeners, we just want you to know that we sat in silence for two full minutes and this is the best we could do. We have to move on. Yeah. <laughs> we love you. We're sorry. We Sister love mom. You. Maybe if we, maybe, if, maybe we'll come up with something better than sister mom in the middle of answering the question but we just have to get to the question no it's and one of those things it's like like the, it literally reminded me of like the first like like when i shit my pants on the street of new york where i was like whoa like my relationship to my own body will change forever like what just happened i was trying to think of this name and was like my relationship to myself has changed forever after that <laughs> um yeah um can we even there goes the golden crane <laughs> after the hero's mess <laughs> No, because what like I feel like with the golden crane, like they have to value like transparency and like yeah. vulnerability. <laughs> the rawness, the raw, real yes. nature of our podcast. Yes. Um, okay. So this is so hard because all the things that you've talked, like like interest in therapy, all this stuff, and like your relationship, but it like because obviously the thing is like everybody involved needs therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> needs God, needs therapy. <laughs> I don't know, Joel. What do you think? Well, I have a I have a deranged suggestion. Okay. Kill and the brother. This I, I don't think <laughs> she's gonna be amenable to this, but here's the thing. You don't have a lot of leverage in this situation. You mm-hmm. have almost none because there's not a whole lot you can do to make your parents do anything, and there's not a whole lot you can do to make your brother do anything. Mm-hmm. But what you can do, the you, your one source of leverage that you have is your is your kids. Are you? Oh, yeah. And I think if I, you're willing to play that card, you can really say like, "Hey, I just I'm uncomfortable with you guys being around our kid, my kids, because of the way you treat my brother, and I yeah. just don't want that to rub off on the kids either. I want them to grow up responsible um, adults, and I'm just I want to limit the exposure to you and your wily ways, and that it sounds horrible." But that's your only leverage, I think. It sounds so painful because it's not doing anything for anyone involved. And like, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like you can have a, like, if you haven't had your complete meltdown about it, you have to do that. Like there's something, you can't make anyone do anything. Like you really can't. I'm sure you have reasoned with everyone past the point of no return. Like there's just... You're not going to convince your parents to stop doing that with your brother because for whatever reason, they think it's going to work if they just do enough and it will never be enough. It will not work on your brother. Some crazy fucked up shit is going to happen for anyone to snap out of it. So if you want to be the person doing that crazy fucked up shit, great. If not, like you can't do anything. You can't do anything. And here's the thing. I want to say this. I One of the reasons I really was drawn to this email is because this is so similar to my situation with my brother. And like for years, my brother didn't have a job, 
didn't like go to school, did nothing but play computer games, is a little alt-righty, loves guns and all of that stuff. And I was like constantly like resented the fact that my parents never pushed him to do anything and they had so many expectations of me. And ultimately what happened is my brother figured his life out and it just took until he was in his mid-30s and beyond. And so – yeah. Sometimes it just takes people a a little bit longer and there's only so much that they can do to help him. He will have to, he will fail eventually. There's only so much they can do to bail him out. And it sounds like they've done a whole fucking lot. I've never heard of anything like the The lie detector test is like so beyond anything that I've heard before. So it's, it's definitely like a, a, a crazy case, but it, but it is a lot of people just take a long time to grow up. Like you might have been grown up when you were like 20 and your brother is 30 and he's not grown up yet, but you can't do anything about that other than like encourage him, like be encouraging when he makes positive movement forward. Like that's real. There's really not much else you can do. And I, but I do agree. Like, I do think that's something that's like come up in therapy for me is like being like, why aren't people moving the way that I want them to move or the way that I would move? And it's like, Mm -hmm. you can't make anyone do anything. You just can't. And you got to wait and you got to take solace and be fucking proud that you didn't need that help. That's the other thing is I would just wrap myself up in the self satisfaction, knowing that I made it out. And I have a dope ass life and I didn't need my parents to teach me how to cheat a lie detector test. <laughs> yes. But that's really hard. It I I can really like empathize with that. And it and it is, it's like this feeling of like, well, why like why not me? Like why didn't I why why like why didn't I get the lie detector test training? And it's like you don't want to be that person. I Mm-mm. think there's probably a certain amount of jealousy that comes with that. And I think um, it sounds like you are experiencing a much more fulfilling situation just based on your emails. So <laughs> celebrate that. <laughs> and we celebrate you. Wow. Um, we got to keep moving, but we do have to take a quick break. Um, so we're going to do that, but it's going to be a quick break. It's going to be so fast. You won't even know what happened. And then when we come back, we've got our last two calls and emails to get through. And we're going to blaze through. And we're back and we're ready to absolutely fucking blaze through. And this time, oh my God, we are firing on all cylinders. Okay, everybody that you heard before this, we were only firing on four out of five cylinders. We've got the fifth cylinder firing and boy, oh boy, are we ready to give some advice. Oh yeah, that, all right. And yes, the fifth cylinder has been installed. Let's go. <laughs> Hi, Mitra and Joel. Joel and Mitra. Um, I'm calling because during quarantine, I have actually met someone I started going to a gym um, at a place where I felt pretty comfortable and safe. During the pandemic, they had pretty good protocols, and I ended up getting really close with one of the coaches. Um, It started out as just a friendship, but then we quickly realized that we're both very attracted to each other um, physically and emotionally. However, he has been very open, honest, and upfront that he is not physically or emotionally available for anything right now. Um, and we've both been, like, really clear that we're not interested in friendship benefits. And we've actually gotten really close as friends. Um, we tell each other that we love each other, and it's very clear that we're important to one another and have a lot of mutual respect. That being said, 
Um, we're also both aware that I am ready and wanting a relationship, and he's just not in that tech space right now um, because of, well, pandemic and also just general figuring life stuff out. And while I respect that, um, I definitely recognize that my feelings for him won't be changing. He's optimistic that he's about to have a lot more freedom in his life. He's changing careers, and his life will be a lot less stressful. But, you know, no one can promise what the future will hold. So my question is, can I continue being friends with him, with him and I both knowing that I want more and hope that that will happen in the future? We have really good communication about it, but still. Or should I do what I can to move on, which I do feel would involve cutting him off, which makes me very sad, but I recognize myself and I'm not able to just not have feelings. All right. Really appreciate the pod and both of you. Love you. Bye. Okay. So we've got CrossFit. We've got a gym. We've got barbells, weights. Um, we can't do this again. <laughs> hurry. Um, hurry up and wait. But wait. W-E-I-G-H. It's better than what I was about to say. Which is? Jim and Pam. Jim, oh, J-Y-M. No, we're doing that. We're doing that. Jim and Pam. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. We are back. <laughs> she only uses it when they're especially bad. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's just an hour of that straight. <laughs> um, I'll let you go first on this one, Mitra. Um, I think to me, the clear answer is leave it alone. Like, I just feel like if someone is telling you point blank that they are not interested in you, that you have to accept that. Um, Here's the thing. I am a firm, firm, firm believer that when people say I'm not ready for a relationship, that is never actually the case because it never I don't think relationships happen when you're ready and i think like if he really was into you physically and emotionally like if someone is into you physically and emotionally they want to be with you you know like and if he wants to be with you he would make it work he would be with you like every time somebody has told me that they are not in a place for a relationship i find out three weeks later that they are deeply committed to somebody else you know and it, it, it it's heartbreaking and it's tough but i think you would be doing yourself a favor by saying hey i can't wait for you forever i will wait this x amount of time but that's 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 it i don't know i mean that sounds I, crazy to me as i'm saying it well, but like ultimately i think that he is maybe wants to want you but i i just don't think he's there well i think for me like the thing that seems when i hear this the thing that seems important to me is like preserving a really lovely friendship and this person has been clearly has enough respect for our caller to be honest and and say i'm not i am not interested in you in that way which i think a lot of times people will you know drag things out or be unclear or lead someone on or whatever. Like this person's not doing that. This person is saying it's not happening. And our caller is saying, but maybe it will happen if I just wait long enough and I'm like cool enough or whatever. If I'm blank enough, then maybe it will happen. And I think the important thing to me is like, you really like being around this person. This person really likes being around you. So I think, um, 
in sort of like a kind of contradictory way, I do think you should cut this person off for a while. And then hopefully there will be a point where you can be friends or like revisit each other. And maybe then you will be interested in each other. But I do think like this sort of the imbalance is really, really hard to live in because it's just going to lead to our caller feeling bitter. And I think I totally relate to that where it's like, but I don't get it. Like we're friends. I'm attracted to you. You think I'm cool. Like we're hanging out all the time. And at a certain point you're going to get sick of just being fucking friends because you like this person. You don't Mm -hmm. get why they don't like you back. So I think for me, I would distance myself from this person for a little because you don't want the resentment of that to eventually ruin a friendship. Yes. And I think there is a world where you are able to maintain a friendship with this person, but I don't think you can continue your relationship as is and salvage a friendship and it's a little bit of a it's not an ultimatum and you you don't frame it this way but if you were to say to him hey i like you a lot and i need to take some space from you um so that i cannot feel that way and so that i can preserve our friendship that might be and and at at the prospect of losing you immediately he says (laughs) I'm ready. No, I'm ready. Actually, <laughs> you've bullied that. me into, into you've, this. You've done it. Here's the, here's the other wrinkle. And she's, she, they say they love each other. You know, they seem very like they're close friends. The other wrinkle that I do want to point out is, is that he works at your gym. He works Great. there. Um, and that might be something for him where he is, uh, it could go either way. Maybe he doesn't want to get involved with someone at his workplace. And, um, and he's waiting until he doesn't work there anymore. Or maybe he's, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of things that could complicate that because you are, are you know, spending a lot of time with him at work. Yeah. I think, like, to me, it feels like if that boundary was there, then they probably wouldn't be spending all that time together anyway. Like, if if they were like, I'm not going to – I mean, maybe romantic is, like, another – like, I guess it's an extra step. But, I, but with the I love you and all that stuff, it's like – Clearly, this person is okay with blurring, like, professional lines enough to, like, have a very deep emotional connection with but somebody. Mitra, gyms are communities. Gyms are family. Okay? Hey, I, I, say I, I love have you experienced. Gym. I've experienced okay. gyms. <laughs> I know of gyms. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that they're, this person is not offering you romance, period. Like, mm-hmm. They are not. They're explicitly saying that they do not want that with you. So it's not fair to either of you for you to continue expecting it or like thinking that it will happen. Like you're not doing yourself any favors by waiting for that to happen when you have been explicitly told that it will not happen, Um, which sucks and like feels really bad. So like not to uh, discount how bad that feels, but I do think that a little bit of distance would be helpful. And it honestly get out of the gym. It's COVID. There you go. There's your excuse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, we've got one more to go here. And, um, it would mean so much to me if I could read this. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say you got, um, 
Okay. Hi, Mitra and Joel. Joel and Mitra, I adore you both. My pronouns are she, her. Here's my problem. I've been dating my partner for almost a year and a half, and he will not say he loves me. I'm not very verbally open with my emotions, but after a year of dating and realizing how much I cared about this guy, I decided to say the L word to him. However, before I could do it with an elegant and grand gesture, while I was drunk one night, I started sobbing in the middle of sex, and I told him right then and there. He was super chill about it in the moment, but the next morning, he told me we were moving too fast and that he wasn't ready to say it yet. I briefly moved in with him for a couple months at the beginning of the pandemic, six months into our relationship, and I think that really freaked him out, i.e. moving too fast. I apologized and we never really discussed it again, but now it's months since it's happened and it's st- he still hasn't said it and I'm going buck wild. I would love to hear any advice you have and I invite both of you and producer Chelsea to sit on my face <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> love the pod. Super sorry this is the longest message ever. I'm annoying. Obsessed with this. It really wasn't that long. <laughs> yeah, babe. You were actually uh, exactly the length that we like our emails. Perfect. You you gave a, you gave did perfect. So but our first piece of advice is to stop apologizing for being annoying because you're not being annoying. You're not. Okay? <laughs> you're perfect. Um. Okay. So um, the L word. Um. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, um, the L word sobbing during sex, um, moving too fast, um, um, unrequited, um, sort of like fast car, like moving too fast, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> to sort of Trey she chap, Trey she chap girl, <laughs> yeah, Tracy. Tracy Chap Girl. That is the name that we have settled on. Our last name. And we really had an opportunity here to end strong. And to and end listeners so strong. again. And listeners, for us to get to Tracy Chap Girl was so hard. And <laughs> five minutes of silence. And again, it is it is the best we could do. Professional <laughs> comedy writers, both of us. Both of us primarily make our living doing comedy writing. Oh, and an, and on the on the eve of your award ceremony, no. Chelsea's pissed. No, no, no. Wait, Ryan, are you doing this? What's what happening? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, it's my computer. <laughs> oh my god, the god. computer. The okay, AI. It's come to life. The computer. I mean, it is was sentient. an appropriate response to what's been happening tonight. It was perfect. But real, the computer is alive. The computer is pissed, and <laughs> we are being punished by technology for what we're what we're spewing into it. Um, so, Mitra, well, you you have some personal experience with this. I I think you should take lead. Um. Yes. So, um, I, uh, (laughs) have been in this pretty much exact situation and, um, I think that, um, you should break up. (laughs) (laughs) I think that fucking sucks. I don't know. I, I think that, um, saying that you were moving too fast when you say that you love somebody it's just like you haven't you weren't dating for like an hour when you said it you said that after a year of dating and like policing someone's um affection it's like six months six months yeah no i've been oh no 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 they they moved in after six months oh but after a year of dating i see i see i see um yeah, after a year of dating, yeah, they said this. Right and I, I think, like, there, 
it's it's clearly work that this person needs to do like this like this either they are someone who is not like they're not able to say it for whatever reason or they don't love you so i think figure out which one of those it is <laughs> and because you're not moving too fast you've been with someone for a year and a half it's normal like it's not you're not jumping the gun in a crazy way um by doing i will that. say can i play devil's advocate Yes. For, for this situation. <laughs> because I do think you're bringing your baggage. I am bringing my, bag- my baggage. <laughs> okay. She's got a one-way ticket. Um, and she's boarding the plane right now. I can see her. And I'm waving goodbye. And it's just <laughs> you and me. Okay, Tracy chat girl. Uh, <laughs> so difficult to Not say. to be trusted. <laughs> Neither of us. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that in in this situation, I wonder if the mode spooked him a little bit because hearing it in the middle of sex someone has told me that they love me in the middle of sex and if you aren't ready for it it can be it could it could it spooked me and i mean we did end up breaking up so there's that but because i didn't love them back so i but guess it, i'm talking but, myself back but into your months side, later but. but months later this person it's one thing to be like in the moment be like oh god like i just am, i'm not ready to say it this is a big deal for me but months later to have not heard it back yeah. and to like it's tough it's tough and to I not mean, discuss I'll, it also which which i i totally get that it's like what do you say it's like do you <laughs> like do, do you love you, me? yeah she can't it's really hard to bring up, but there's also this, there's also the pandemic of it all. And I got to say, there is this weird time stuckness that I feel during the pandemic where it's like none of this time counts where nothing is moving forward. And because of that, I feel like it does none of the time that has passed during the pandemic counts. And maybe that's where his head is at. And he's just sort of like waiting for the next stage of the relationship to but say it back. And it's just never it- coming. Is like out on a limb. I feel like once you like lay, like put yourself out there like that, it's so embarrassing yeah. to not hear it back or at least understand why you're not hearing it back. Like, I think just the months passing and the lack of discussion is like, I just think our caller, like, because I totally get this. Like, I just feel like you need to like psych yourself out up and be like, just have your like sort of come to Jesus moment and be like, Hey, I said, I love you. You never said it back. I feel like shit. I can't stop thinking about it. What's up? Like, Or say it you don't, again. Yeah. Or it's like, you don't, and you can say it like, it's like, you don't have to say it, but I need to know why you're not saying it. Is it because you don't love me or is it because you are scared to say it? Whatever it is. Like, I just need to know you need clarity. I guess is my point is like, yeah. you need to talk about it. And I'm only, let me be clear. I, uh, I'm only sort of playing devil's advocate just because it would be a boring podcast if we did. I think you're completely <laughs> right. Um, I think she should say it again casually, see what happens. And then if he doesn't say it again, she she needs to have that come to Jesus talk that you were because just talking about. I just think like, no matter what, like it won't feel good probably like hearing why you haven't heard it yet or like having that conversation, but it will feel a lot better than obsessing over why you haven't heard it yet. Um, I mean, which she I, could sort of like coquettishly in bed, sort of turn over and be like, "Hey, hey, babe, yeah, <laughs> do you love me? Why are you talking about this?" <laughs> <laughs> and see if it goes like that. Then you know you got. And Joel, we did improv. We did improv. <laughs> yes. 
Yes! Because, because you got the Golden Crane nom, I have decided to do improv with you. <laughs> Only on the most special of occasions. Only when I win awards. Only when I'm nominated for an award will of you course. do improv. Yes. That makes sense. That's a good rule of thumb. That's a really good rule of thumb so that when I win an Emmy or a Golden Globe, we'll know it's that time. we can do improv on <laughs> You'll bring me up on stage during your speech and we'll get a suggestion from the crowd. <laughs> Charlize Theron, where are we? Uh, the bathroom? Okay. Kathy to Jimmy, give us a, a time period. When this is over, bitch. <laughs> Charlize Theron wants you off the stage. <laughs> we personally get the light from Charlize Theron. <laughs> um, I really am is- interested in this award show that I just created that Charlize Theron and Kathy to Jimmy are both at. I bl- I want to be there. Um, I want to go to their vibes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this was tough. We had we ended on back to back some real tough love, but I think it was necessary. And I think you're probably listening to this on New Year's Eve, and it is a time <laughs> change, and yeah. it is a time of new beginnings. And I think you should be empowered. You should really be empowered by that. Yeah. Totally. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joel, another of uh, this is our first full year of doing the podcast. It wow. has been legit a joy. Yeah. <laughs> it really is the one constant in my life right now. It's the this one and thing therapy that is for me. That's shifting it. and not shifting. And um, I got to say, I don't know what I would have done without you this year, Mitra. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. <laughs> See how easy that was? It was easy. <laughs> really easy. We also love Ryan. We love July. We love Chelsea. We love everyone at Earwolf. And we love all of our listeners. And we are wishing you a very, very, very happy 2021. I'm sure it will be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It was so long. <laughs> <laughs> Um, please call in 323-334-0371 email us at urgentcarepod at gmail.com rate and review us five stars on iTunes or else we will um, be really sad we love you happy new year (laughs) goodbye